Welcome to The Creative Switch, the podcast inspiring the sensibly successful to switch on their unexpressed creativity for a more fulfilled life. In this episode, you can meet my guest, Palumi Debnath, an artist and founder of Handmade by Tinny, unique, wearable, sustainable art, and a smashing Doubting Doris story from musician Tommy Ellis. But before we get to that, don't forget you can head to my website, nikkivalance.com, and sign up to join the Creative Switch community and get involved in the creative conversation. First, though, it's time for some creative news in The Edge. Wearable art is in the news. From a Saudi calligrapher's jewellery designs with Arabic literature to David A. Linden's Van Gogh trilogy watch, creatives everywhere are taking inspiration and influences from their passions and using their artistic skills to make unique wearable pieces. What I love about these stories is the blurring of boundaries across different disciplines. Our brains like to process things in patterns. We see in patterns. It's how we interpret the world quickly and efficiently. But it does tend to mean things and people and art get categorised or labelled. And of course, this makes sense for marketing purposes. We have to know how to connect with the right people if we want to sell our work. And genres for books or classifications for other disciplines help to point them in our direction. But art and creation, I believe, first comes from a thought or an idea and is an expression of a moment or an emotion within the maker. And without a freedom to be yourself and do things your way, there's a risk you produce something which is boxed in by convention or expectation. As ever, I'll pop the links to these articles in the show notes, but I'd love to hear your views on this, either in the Creative Switch community or on Twitter. And there's plenty to learn about wearable art as an expression of the many influences and values of the fabulous Palumi Debnath. Welcome, Palumi, to the Creative Switch podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you, Nikki. It's really great. I'm so happy to have this, uh, especially on a Friday. Oh. <laughs> generally a happy day <laughs> well hopefully every day's got some happiness in it <laughs> especially if you've got some creative outlets which we're obviously going to be talking a lot about through the podcast what I would like you to do if you could is to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do Sure. Thank you so much Nikki again for welcoming me to your podcast um, my name is Paulumi Devnath I am born brought up in India I'm living in London for past 17 years. I'm a founder and artist of Handmade by Tinny. I am a textile jewelry designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love rope knotting. I'm a rope knotting specialist. I'm a self-taught artist. So I learned and then did every artistic moves, crafts, and all the knotting. I learned myself. And um, yeah, I set up my business in 2020. My brand has been going stronger since. Um, and I am really pleased to have uh, this beautiful creative outlet, uh, which is my passion. I love color and to hopefully make people beautiful when they wear it. 
Fantastic. So talk to me a little bit about that journey, because you said it's two, three years ago that you actually set the business up. But when did the connection with creativity start for you? When did you decide that you were going to explore this, this creative outlet? So I have always been a very passionate lover of jewelry. Honestly, when I, since my childhood, I still have pieces that I have saved from my little uh, childhood days and they're still special because, you know, I'm spoiled. I am from India, so we have lots of handicrafts and crafts and colors and things to spoil with. It has been my passion. When I was a little girl, I, I did set up a little I won't call it a stall. Basically, I sat down. It's a book fair. And I just sat down on the ground in the book fair. You know, at those days, you don't need to take a permission and things like that. Probably because I was a schoolgirl and people yeah. didn't bother. So I just sat down and I made some earrings out of beads and pieces, things that I loved. And I sold them. And I was there. I didn't realize my mom said, oh, my God. But I went there after school. Of course, my mom was there. And I sat down on the ground. I set up my, so to speak, stall on the on a little mat, and I sold out in two days. Um, and I think, I know. I mean, people were just. I think they were very happy to see a little girl selling and making and selling the, her craft, and they wanted to support that. I'm sure that was one of the reasons. But also, what I created, I think, was really good enough. And what I felt at, on those two days, I was literally, I think I was in year six or seven, so pretty young. But what gave me that, I, I thought that I would make something with my hands. However, life had different plan. Um, I was... <laughs> as it always does. <laughs> as it always does, as it always does. So once I, of course, in... Um, Comparison to GCSE or A-level, I, I passed out from India. I started sales and marketing. So I am a specialist in sales and marketing. I studied sales marketing and I joined a marketing agency. I was a brand manager. Then again, life had different plans. I met my then boyfriend, now husband, and uh, he came here to study. Uh, he did his postgrad here and he proposed. We literally did the long distance, well, almost a year. And then we got married and I came here. So literally, I had no other reason apart from love, which is, I think, the biggest reason of all for making Absolutely. big changes. And so once I landed in London, I again got a job in hotel industry. I was in hotels, sales and marketing, and I got job in hotel industry. So I, um, I have been a hotel sales professional for past 21 plus years. And I'm very proud of what I've achieved there. And I do love traveling. As I said, I love the industry. And I think I'm, uh, you don't have to have, and we will discuss it later, one passion only. But throughout my years, I have always been an avid lover of jewelry. You should see my personal collection, which I've collected all over the world. Of course, from India, but also wherever I've traveled. So like Turkey, Greece, Europe, US, um, uh, Asian, other parts. And um, my mom says that I'm apparently building a secret museum. For jewelry, it, it's um, it's a lot, honestly, and I should be embarrassed or something, but I'm very proud. I'm very happy. I love them, and I'm still collecting, by the way, of course. So I think what came about that I've always been creating. I always make my own jewelry with my mom's sari or my old clothes and cut them up and make things. Even my son's old jeans, I've cut them up and made jewelry from it. And I used to give them to my friends and family, and of course wear them myself. And all my friends always used to tell me, you should do something with it. Yeah. But you know, when you when you have a job and you are doing well, and, and of course life happens, like 
house, uh, family, kid, moving into bigger house, things like that. You know, you, bigger decisions needs to be taken and, and bigger responsibilities. So sometimes you forget those small little happiness and little outlets and what you can do with it. The big change came, I think, I feel was the turning point is that when I turned 40, which was in 2020, in January, and I felt that if I don't do something with my creative passion, something that I'm proud of, something that I feel I felt that time that I'm talented and I have some scope to do with it. If I don't do it now, then I will always have a regret that I didn't follow my dream, my passion. And I started making it professionally. And I opened my Etsy shop first. And Etsy is the marketplace for handcraft or handmade items. So it's, it's perfect to start. It's not that the risk is not too much. And you can try and see what you believe is actually what the people want or there is a demand for it or not. And I will 100% recommend any passionate, creative person to try there first. As I said, risk is low, but you get to prove yourself first. So anyways, I did that. And then I went for a craft fair. And that was that was a game changer because I was really... Just thinking, oh my God, if I can just make my craft stall fee, you know, like calling it breaking even, yeah. I'll be happy. And I thought I was, I am a salesperson, so I'm pretty good with people. I'm pretty good in outbound. I'm an extrovert. I, I talk easily, interact easily. But what I have never done is selling my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, while you are working for another brand and you're in a B2B selling situation, the whole thing, it's completely different to actually selling on the ground, your own making, your own something that you have made and you're selling. It is very different things. Your people skill come in very handy, true. But what also you need is believe and really having that feel of what goes with who, which customer is really looking for what. So again, uh, that was my first craft fair and I made around 200 plus something which was my craft stall fee was around 45 pounds. And so I made way over. And I, I was literally on the, on the high, let's put it that way. I was yeah. jumping. I, I think I was uh, floating back when I was coming back home. And, and I was really proud. And I thought, you know what, this just shows that these people don't know me. They're not my friends and family. They have no reason to buy my product or, or really exchange money for something that I made. And that belief and that confidence was a huge booster, I think. Yeah. So that started my journey. And I made, of course, I had the Etsy shop, but I made some effort into my branding. I opened my Instagram account after that stall, after that craft show. I had no Instagram before that. Um, rather, I was not a very social media person either. My Facebook was literally just little holiday pics. And yeah. um, from my LinkedIn was good uh, because, of course, for my work reason. But yeah, I was not a social media kind of person. But then I, I obviously had to learn and um, Instagram happened for me. And then, you know, what happened in 2020 from March onwards, things mm-hmm. all changed. And if I may say so, I think it really helped brands which doesn't have a high street presence, or rather mm. the online brands, to mm. have a bigger scope. Because people were only looking at online. You you just had no opportunity to go out and buy from high streets. And I was not there in high street. I was not mm-hmm. big enough. Mm-hmm. So all I did was work with social media, made friends, join communities, maker communities, and um, small business communities like Small Business Britain. And as you know, if entrepreneur, which I obviously joined the group, the Small Business Britain has so many little pods 
as well to support small business owners, female entrepreneurs, and the support was amazing. I think what I learned from calls from, I was like a sponge. I joined every <laughs> every online training modules or web series or anything was possible. Because as I said, building your own brand is very different to, to actually mm. working for another brand or bigger brand, because there you have a setup of marketing and, it, and you are just an employee. Whereas building your own brand, you're doing everything from scratch. And honestly, we wear so many hats as a business owner. Mm. Um, yes, of course, my passion lies in making. I'm a craft person. I love learning. And I could, I was so excited to actually make something with my own hand that, and then create and mix and match and experiment. That is one side of the building brand or making a product. But what you also need is marketing. You need mm -hmm. selling expertise. You need to have social media right now is so very important to be because all I did was organic marketing. I had no budget for in, for social media marketing, meaning social media publicity or, or doing advertisements. I never did or spent one penny on advertisements still. I believe in organic marketing. Mm -hmm. All I did was learn so much and how to build a brand and the, all the admin work. Um, so it has mm -hmm. been a beautiful, beautiful journey. And of course, there has been days when I felt, oh my God, what I'm doing. And <laughs> I must be crazy. <laughs> but the joy of building something, it's like my baby. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm sure we all go through that phase when you're growing. I'm still in the growth phase. I'm still learning. That learning will never go, I think, for anybody and shouldn't. And I'm so proud to where I am. My my designs have been featured in national press. I have achieved many awards. For example, I've been chosen as the under the F entrepreneur. So I was chosen that last year. Then I got small business hundred last year as well. So among the so many small businesses, I was one of the hundred to be chosen as one of the key. And last year by Small Business Britain, I got Theo Papitis. You I won the SBS award as well. So it has been such a beautiful journey. Then I was chosen for uh, this year. I got the EB hundreds, which is elite business hundred again, top hundred businesses to look out for a FSB award in my lo local meaning London region as well as small creative entrepreneur. I mean, there has been so many key moments and yeah. that has uh, shaped, given me confidence, given me the support, but most of all, given me a community and, mm -hmm. um, I'm very passionate about the community. I try to support and give the same support to the new or the newer entrepreneurs or whoever is planning to launch their brand and, and try to do the same with them. Wow. So a kind of a slow story, but, but an overnight success as well in some ways. But it was all building to that moment from that very first time when you made that jewelry and had that little stall on outside the school uh, or in the, the book fair. So... Obviously, as you grow, you've already mentioned you have to, as a maker, you have to wear lots of hats, promoting yourself, you're producing what you're making, you're marketing it, you have to do all the admin. How do you balance that with a career? Because a lot of people have asked me, they're, first of all, they're scared that they're not going to make enough money out of their new venture. But then they're worried, well, if I do, how do I balance that with my career? And, and should I should I just switch over from one to the other? What do you do? So your story is slightly different. 
Because a lot of people, when they've had the kind of success you've had, go, oh, thank goodness for that. I'm going to stop my other job that I hate. <laughs> and that's not your situation. So talk to me about that and, and the mix of the two. Absolutely. So I think it, obviously, I didn't plan this way, but it did happen. And I learned along the way. So my my knowledge, and I would be so happy if my journey and my story can inspire others in the same way. So you are absolutely right. The first thing I would clarify, I love my job. I absolutely love uh, hotel industry, traveling, hospitality. I am trained to there uh, be there. I have obviously gone up the ranks and I have worked really hard to be where I am. And simply because I am also passionate about that job. And I'm, I would say I'm good at it as well. And I, I love sales and marketing, as I mentioned. And also, I I believe the one myth that everybody thinks that you only got to have one passion. You only got to have one career. You only got to be manage or you can only be good at in one thing, career wise, I mean to say. That is a myth. That's not true. At least not for me. And it is a fine balance, 100%. It's hard work. You don't have the nine to five pleasure. I will just break that myth at the same time. <laughs> if you are trying to build two separate careers, let me, and, and my careers, my job and my business are so diagonally different. They are opposite end. One is creative and one is very much professional side. They're not related. So I'm not doing something that my people skills, yes, but not something that my expertise from my day job will come to my creative business. So they're very different. So the first thing need to that I must say that if somebody's passionate about a creative outlet, you love your job or you don't. That's a different scenario. And there are two different scenarios. In my case, I love my job and I have no plans to leave that. Maybe in the future, I'll, I might look at going part time. But right now, I'm happy where I am. And I just got promoted as well in January. So things does look promising there as well. On the other hand, I have a creative outlet and I'm passionate about it. And I will never give up that. As I said, I took a chance on my belief, my passion, my design essence, and it worked. But when I say it worked, it's not a fluke. It's not luck. Yes, luck has played some roles in it, but it has a lot of hard work, tears, and late nights. So you first have to be ready to or be prepared to give hours. If anybody thinks that a just typical nine to five, 40 hours a week will get through to kind of passion business or something that you want to build, it's not, it's never going to work that way. When you are at a job, your responsibility lies in the job, meaning your day job. You should not ever feel that I can take a little, you know, break and do this. No, that is your main responsibility on the, in those hours. And you do that with passion dedication and determination like you would for anything. Hmm. Then you have to assign hours for your creative outlet. The first tip I would say is that when you plan to start a business, it's not day one. Your day one is actually two, three years back. You need to first uh, start saving because if you are planning, be it staying in a day job or being leaving the day job and going into a brand, if your brand is successful, you need the financial backup. You don't want the additional pressure of having to manage your money because that's very important. 
building a brand is already a very, very uh, hard work, very much demanding job in itself. But if you have money issues on top of it to make day in to day meet, that's not going to work easily. So first thing is work backwards. If you have a dream, start saving towards it. Call it your dream saving. Start saving. Think of it as if, if I have to go without a job for six months or a year, can I survive? That kind of saving. That's all we are looking for. That is important first. You might be doing the job like myself throughout and you don't need to touch that. But still, that part is extremely important. Secondly, you need to have a clear mindset that while I'm launching, building my brand, and if it's not off the ground, because it takes time in this climate, and I'm just being devil advocate here, there are as many brands launched in UK or globally every day, similar number of brands also get closed or companies closed as well every day. So we have to have the positive spirit, optimism, but we also have to be realistic. So make sure you have an exit plan. The reason it worked for me is I had a job. I had no financial insecurity. Of course, COVID happened. So it was less hours, those kind of things. It worked in my favor because I had more hours to build my brand initially. I think I feel it that way. And as I said, I made some, I had some savings aside. So we worked that way, but it might not be for anybody or somebody else's cases. So you need to have that exit plan. Think of it, um, as I say, day zero is three years back when you start saving. And that same time, start your research. Market research is key and very important. I am saying that because I learned it from my brand and my knowledge, though I must say I was impulsive. Uh, what I made, <laughs> exactly, yes. So I will I will tell you what you, we should do and I will also tell you what I did. I was impulsive and I kind of had the belief and I just jumped in without the research I went in because I love jewelry. I love color and, you know, accessories and fashion market and costume jewelry is such a huge market. You kind of know that you always have a niche um, and I believed in my niche. But if somebody is launching a brand, it's very important to do a market research to know your target customer, your um, what area you should focus. And that market research, it doesn't cost a thing. You can do it, uh, get trainings on Google. You have Google keyword research. You have uh, so many services you can do. You can ask your friends and family to start with and maybe your coworkers or people you're comfortable with and see how your concept or brand, even if it's B2B or B2C or product or a service, see how it works and do the market research from that day minus three years. Yeah. Build a brand. Make sure you have a brand strategy. And when I say strategy, I know it sounds very technical, very bookish. But all it means is that having a plan, this is my brand, this is my selling strategy, this is my how I'm going to start, what's my target in my first year or first month or first six months, and what, where I want to be in one year or two years, where do I see myself? So when you launch, let's say you have saved up and you have done the planning, you have done the research, or you're like me, impulsive, you believe in yourself and you just go at it. Whichever direction you take, people who travel use your tube time to read and learn. I used to make, by the way, on the tube. You know, I, I used to carry my little bag and I used to make. People who don't travel make hours, at least set hours, two hours for your business. I don't know what would be your hours. I have a family, I have a 
little boy when I started, he was younger, but you know, so if you have that, then you don't have the pleasure of time. You have to be very critical. Again, I cannot stress this enough. You have to give up some of the other pleasures. It's, I'm not going to go beating around the bush around it. If you're building a brand around a job, your time is essence. You're, you are time poor forever, mm. by the way. I don't want to discourage anybody, but it is possible. It is absolutely mm. possible. You just maybe have to give up your lazy time on the sofa or something like that, or yeah. I don't know, something around that line that 100% gave you pleasure or something, but you have to give up that building something even better for yourself. So set aside mm. two hours, three hours in the evening or in the morning. I'm not a morning person, so I will never can do that, honestly. But my, my evening person, I set aside two hours, three hours in the evening. That will be your admin hour, your making hour, your building hour. So I make my jewelry while I'm sitting and watching Netflix on my sofa. I have a bag. I make all my orders till 10 o'clock, till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I, I, as I said, I'm an evening person. I'm not a morning person. So mm. I, that is my hour. Yes, I'm watching TV, but I'm actually making. That's my making mm. time. My branding time is my evening time where I'm doing admin. Your weekends is your, <laughs> it's gold mine. Save hours. Make your social media post in batches. That will save you. There's so many apps now that you can plan your pins or your post, your carousels, your social media, anything mm -hmm. in that weekend. And they will work for you behind the business, behind the brand while you're at your day job during the week. That's a huge time saver and game changer. I mean, honestly, I, I think everyone does that. But it's important to use your time uh, smartly, critically. Yeah. Use your weekend. Then again, your weekend time, as I mentioned, you have to plan your hours to build the brand and you have to spend that time critically. Uh, you, if you are a creative maker like me, you are making, meaning you have to make, you have to design, you have to plan, you're making a collection, colors and that. So that is my design work or making work. If you are a, another kind of product, let's say you make, I don't know, food industry, you need a different kind of license, you need products, you need to make sure that you have a sell by date or or, you know, by best before date, or those kind of things in come into play. So you have a shelf life, whereas my products luckily is not within that shelf life. You have to make sure those kind of things. But mm -hmm. before all that, while you're making those plans, I forgot to mention something. Do find out who you are, what your brand essence, your brand values and your mission. Your brand values in general do not change. Your mission statement do change sometimes because as you mm. grow, your brand grow, you learn more about yourself, about your brand. It can change and you might adopt something new. You want to do something new. You might want to find a sustainable way of doing business. Those things can happen. But your values in general are what makes you and your brand. And generally, they don't change. In my case, my brand values are very clear. I want to have I want, I believe color spreads joy. That is my essence. That is my brand tagline. And this, anything I do comes from that belief. I sincerely, honestly believe, passionately believe that color, and not just with my jewelry, any type of color, by the way, color spreads joy. And joy is so important for our mental peace, happiness, being confident, and as a woman, as a man, anybody, you know, it's mm. it, the confidence comes when you're happy. So that's what I believe in. And I also have sustainability in my brand values because I believe doing business ethically is the only way to do business. And I make in small batches. I work with ecology. I plant trees. 
so far have saved 16 ton of um, carbon footprint so i'm doing everything and of course i'm a small business and, and i make every design in my own hand so you're already supporting a local business and local artist i have zero waste collection so those are the things from my sustainable belief the brand value was already in place that i would do business sustainably but my design came later like one year two years into the business oh my god what do i do with my cotton rope leftovers can i do something with it and that's when i came with the zero waste collection i'm using all my rope ends and i'm using them to make my um this collection of jewelry so right. things does change thank you <laughs> things does change while you're bringing your brand and you might have new ideas new influences but your brand values are very important find them out it can be balance it can be family it can be fun it can be you know it can be anything but find having those uh, set down as a setting stone before you build your brand is very important so they will help you to grow and grow more on that foundation so that is quite key and um, one other thing is that when in my case i'm still full time but i can assure you that if you see your brand let's say you know you started 3 years back before you launched a brand you planned you launched a brand 3 years later one year into the launching your brand is doing well you're growing and you're seeing the great feedback and you're hopefully making money profit you're breaking even and you feel that you need more time in that case go have a word with your supervisor you're at your work and maybe have part time go for part time or take some time uh, away from work you you obviously have paid holidays but you can also have like smaller scope of sabbatical i want which of sabbaticals what i'm trying to say unpaid leave yeah. and use the time and so plan this with your supervisor until you are financially secure and you are making enough money as progressed in your job as myself you won't easily make the same amount of money in your brand in 2 years it's, it is possible possibly but if that's 2% of the brands that is launched it's mm. normally realistically most probably not possible but obviously can you not do with less you mm -hmm. can so plan what's your basic needs what's your cut off earning what you need mm -hmm. to get by and also invest in your business obviously have that figure somewhere and add 20% on it because you still need to make savings and make sure you save so have that figure that finance and money part clear that if i'm if my brand makes i don't know i'm just saying giving a figure 40000 a year in profit after tax don't forget you have to pay tax you have to make sure that you have that is the pure profit then i can survive and i can go into my brand completely have mm. that target but if you don't have that target or if you if you haven't reached that target let's say you are at 20k profit meaning half it through consistently by the way it's not a one month game you're looking at two years minimum to have a consistent figure that overall there'll be months you will be like summer generally for my brand um, but there will be months you will be like doing double triple the amount in the average so mm. like christmas for me but overall in a year how much you're making in your brand is it sustainable on its own if not then you must make sure that you have a balance you either go part time you take time off you do some hours as i said not a easy it's not a easy path it's not straightforward you will find out as you go on but most probably one thing that you must say that you have your integrity while you are at the job do your job as best as you should be 
because it's important. Never close a door because you never know when you have to open and knock that door again. Always keep your professional doors open. Make sure you are very clear in your communication. Let them know that you are building something on the side. In my case, they were very supportive. My, in my job, it's owned by two sisters. The company, 53, 54 years old. They are sisters. I think women are more, <laughs> I don't know, supportive. I think they're amazing. They promote me in the company. They push me forward as the employee of the month and very creative entrepreneur. They always celebrate my awards with me. So I'm lucky. I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. But normally, if, if you look at the legality of it, you can set up a brand beside your job. Nobody's stopping you. It's completely legal. It's completely, you might pay a little bit more tax, but it is absolutely approved. So you're not doing anything wrong, first of all. Mm-hmm. So your company shouldn't have any problem. The only time they will have a problem, and very clearly, if it's a competition, they yeah. will have a problem. And that's 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 basic, right? We all know that. I mean, you can't build a, let's say you work at Coffee Republic and you're building a coffee zone right? You can't do that. I mean, that's direct competition. So that's the only time you'll have a trouble. Hopefully you're not doing that and you have something else planned because that is a different game altogether. And talk to them, have a clear communication and make sure you have that backup. But most of all, be sure that you have an exit plan, you have a financial security, you have a strategy and then go for it. Believe in yourself. Do it. Fantastic advice. Be impulsive. Make mistakes. You will make losses. Honestly, you will make mistakes. You will make wrong decisions. You will trust the wrong people. You will you will make so many mistakes all the way. But they're so amazingly learning curve. Mm. We all make mistakes in every sphere of our life. Make mistakes, learn from them. They're not mistakes. They are your free learning training module. And yeah. there is no one in this whole world who's building a business or a brand small, big, whoever, that haven't done mistakes. Believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you have a dream, you have a passion, you are ready to work hard. There is no other magic here. Work hard. You can do it. Fantastic. Before we close, I've got one particular question, which I'm sure people ask you, but I think is a really useful thing for makers, which is obviously one of your values is that you want to and it's even in your name, it's handmade. You're one person and you have one pair of hands. So what is your plan for what's next? Because if this brand does continue to grow, are you planning to outsource production? Are you planning to make more collections and less volume? What, what, what's the way forward for Handmade by Sure. Thank you, Vicky. I mean, it's a brilliant question. And, and you're right, I've been asked this before. Handmade is a very tricky, very passionate, very personal branding area. When I name my brand, again, as I said, I'm impulsive. And I think with my heart, even though I'm very, I'm logical, I'm critical, I'm good with money, but I think with my heart. And it's very important as well, I think, for passionate brands. And there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. Uh, my name is Follow Me, but my nickname is Tinny. And my, my friends and family call me Tinny. That, that's what my parents named me as like a nickname. And when I started planning my brand, I thought I would go my alternate personality. Follow me is more professional, more outgoing corporate, whereas Tinny is more eccentric, creative, and a bit cheeky and fun. I wanted to have that different persona. It's like 
alternate personalities, exactly how I am. Like I have a job and I have a brand. And uh, that's how, obviously, I'm making all my designs by myself. So handmade by Tidney is the core of the brand. You are absolutely right. So I have uh, discussed this with uh, professionals of how about if I outsource, meaning if I hire somebody, I train them and I give my designs and giving the training, then it is still handmade by Tidney because it's my design essence and my design and my making process that I'm sharing. And of course, as they're trained and paid and recruited by me. So that's how it is. So if I scale up, that's a way to go that I will hire someone and I will train and I'll grow like that. If I grow, if I go into bigger brands, uh, the one thing is that your scalability helps you reduce your um, raw material cost because you're buying more in bulk. And obviously that, that will help a lot. So my plan is that to hire somebody, train somebody and making sure I train them myself. So the whole thing stays within my design platform, my design essence the way I do things and nothing changes. And I've discussed this. So if somebody else is planning the same and you fear that if you are not making your yourself, how is it handmade? It is still handmade and it is still your way of handmade. It is still the way you would like to do it. So mm. you're still following your passion and it, it is like your core design essence that they are following. So that is absolutely fine. So I am launching new designs. And right now, as I said, time is essence. And of course, we all only get two 24 hours and you do have to sleep and you have a family. <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> I know we do sometimes. Yes. And I love cooking as well. I mean, it, it's not that I have one passion. I, have, I love cooking. So there as well, I save time batch making. But that's mm-hmm. another story for another day. And so things like that does help. And the way I'm planning next year, I'm uh, next year, end of this year for before Christmas, I'm hiring somebody to do because Christmas time is the craziest time for me. Yeah. I generally make my best selling designs a little bit more because I know they will sell out so that I'm ready, prepared and packed and easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there are the, the bigger orders like I work with indie boutiques. So in US and in UK, um, a lot of them order just before Christmas. So I already know the t- period where the orders will come because the boutiques or the retail shops or the brick and mortar shops will order, let's say, Christmas buying it is amazing, but people start buying from September. So the yeah. boutiques will start ordering from even July. So I know that my summertime from this month onwards, I'm already in the Christmas mode. And I can't believe I'm saying this word already. But trust me, <laughs> people people in product business, especially festive kind of gifting, they, they are all, they, some people talk even from January. I, I, I haven't gone that crazy yet, but I am definitely in the June is kind of the key month, key essence of making sure that I'm planning ahead and, and growing accordingly. And then next year, I hope to plan, as I said, I'll hire somebody, they will have someone, two pair of hands is better than one pair of hands, and then see how it goes. Uh, but I have huge belief and plan to make it big, but I don't want to lose my handmade touch. I don't want to make it too big, ever. It will still be an essence of a small design brand, made to order, mainly if possible. Mm-hmm. And then but something that you wear with pride and show off. And as I mentioned before, I am a very colorful person myself. Wear color, spread joy, be confident. It really changes the whole outlook. It's been so brilliant listening to you. And, and I sense there's another string to your bow, which is the the mentor to the new entrepreneurs that are coming through, I'm sure that's something that you'll get more involved in because you're so good at explaining what to look out for. Maybe sharing some of the things that you've learnt, giving people 
maybe a shortcut to overcome some of those and, and not make those sort of same decisions so they can get there a little bit quicker maybe but it's been fantastic listening to you and all your advice where can people find you where can they find your designs what are you what are you up to where do you spend your time Thank you, Nikki. And it has been a pleasure before I go into my links. And I love talking to you. I think if anyone, listen, if even one budding entrepreneur takes the jump, I would feel accomplished. I would feel I spend the time well. So wishing well to all those listeners who might have a little plan or a little idea or a little dream. Hope your dream goes big. With that, <laughs> my uh, my name is Paulumi and Paulumi Devnath. I am the founder and artist of Handmade by Thinni. Thinni is spelled as T-I-N-N-I. And you will find me on my website, handmadebythinni.com. And you will find me mainly, I love Instagram. So mainly my social media would be Facebook and Instagram, which is obviously the same, handmade.bythinni. And then also on Pinterest, if anyone follows and a little bit of TikTok, I'm not very good at TikTok, but Instagram, I love. So I think that's where I generally hang, so to speak. And yeah, it has been a pleasure and I hope you're right. I should be able to share more of those stories to other budding entrepreneurs. Maybe we can get you back in in two years time and you can talk about where your journey has taken you then. Absolutely, Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you so much, Pleasure. So this week's Doubting Doris story comes from Tommy Ellis, who's part of the Creative Switch Facebook community. And his school careers advisor used the phrase that he should get a proper job when he told him that he wanted to be a musician. He went and got a proper job. But then, years later, the industry he was in collapsed. He worked for a TV servicing, a rental TV servicing company, and the entire industry went in a fortnight. But luckily, he'd always be able to play. So he practiced hard, made, in the end, more money busking than in his old job, and figured out that he'd been right all along. He learned to play the sax, and he's been gigging full-time ever since 1987. So he says, if you've got a day job and it goes under, and you think you've lost everything, or your gig goes under, then just get another gig somewhere else. Simples. There's also much more to the story. He thinks maybe even a non-fiction book, and he is also an author, so I'm sure that'll come. He kept a diary. There were bomb scares, nudist camps, a marquee collapsing on the bride and groom during the first dance, legendary East End gangsters, and a whole lot more. What a wonderful story. Thanks, Tommy, for sharing it. And don't forget, you can do the same. If you join the Creative Switch community, you can share your Doubting Doris stories in there and they might make it into the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Creative Switch. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review over on Podchaser. Or if you've got any questions, please let me know on Twitter at Nikki underscore Valance. I do hope you join me and neuroleadership expert Rachel Bamber, who chats with me from another country as a digital nomad. And remember, why survive when you can thrive? <laughs>